Hey now, this is Keisha Sinkeesha Nalo Bay, known to others as Quentin Antoine Mitchell or Twan or Q or Big Daddy. Okay, today is April 17, 2018. It is a Tuesday. And today we're going to talk about a little about law. Now, this is the dude, this is God, this man that's on YouTube named Yusef L. Now, he's talking about discharging debt using secure party credit, but he's talking about some other things. Now, what makes, what, what made me listen to him more because I've been doing my studies and my research on the law and I'm very, 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 very educated and familiar on what's going on and I can pretty much detect whether someone else knows what's going on and this man right here, he's he, he's on point because everything he say, I can bag up and I know because I have already done my research on it and using my empirical knowledge so therefore I cannot be fooled. But anyhow, not I cannot be fooled, but you know, I already know whether it's true or not. And I can vouch to that what, what he said of what I'm gonna let you listen to right now. So I'm gonna let you hear what he gotta say and kinda like get in the groove to, you know, what it is that I do myself, you know, when it comes to this legal and this lawful stuff. Okay. Um, and they're trying to access secret accounts and things of that nature. Okay, the first thing that you have to understand is public and private. On the private side, everything is governed by agreements, contract. Okay, that is the other reason why you do your first step in notifying the government first, because you're letting them know what your intentions are. All right, and you're seeking an agreement through a stipulation, either through uh, tacit procreation or silence as acquiescence or whatever. But you're, the point is that you're giving them the notice. But this is all private. Now, here's the next thing. Don't come bring me court cases of people getting in trouble where the judge is saying that people are crazy for doing these processes. Okay. The public does not recognize anything private. Public and private don't mix. The public is not going to recognize anything in the private. They're not even going to speak of anything in the private because unlike many of you, they understand the difference between public and private and they understand what the word private means. Most of you don't. Most of you don't. You use the word just like I was talking about with the Christians the other day. They use the word Jesus, but they don't listen to nothing Jesus say. He's got people who use the word private, but they don't do shit private. Okay? They say, show us proof of what you was doing. It's private, man. You want me to put this all on Facebook and all this shit? It's private. I got people looking at me. Wanting to know, you going to answer this idiot? Because this fool over here don't know what private means, but use of you do. It's private. Okay? You got to keep privacy. It's private. All right? You contract with the government private. Everything stays in the private. It's not, they're not, they're not going to recognize it in court. It's not coming into court. You know, and if it does, and if you press them and find a way to win, they're not going to give that as the excuse. They're going to find another loophole to let you out. They ain't going to never say, they're going to say, oh, I see right here we didn't sign this document. Okay, I guess we're going to have to drop this case. They're not going to say, they're not going to ever say this is the reason that you want. It's all, they give you another reason for it. Okay, so stop looking for that. It's public and private. 
And, you know, it's really interesting. You know, we learned all that when we first came in. It seems like there's not a lot. There's not a lot of fundamental type of uh, information being uh, disseminated um, on these processes. A lot of fundamentals, just a lot of fundamentals people don't have. A lot of fundamentals. They just rush straight to the paperwork and want to start filling out paperwork and so forth. And it's like, it's not what this is about. Okay, I it's not about filling out paperwork totally to paperwork is only 50 percent of this. The next side is who you are and having an understanding This is where your spiritual development comes in, because you're going to get accused of not um, following any laws. Okay, now these people, once again, you know, you have to really listen to them very carefully because they mock God a lot of times, too. They claim this is really what's interesting about the United States and your public servants who are supposed to be serving you that you vote for and send up to the government to represent you and your interests. They actually mock God when you tell them that, you know, you're following the laws of God. They mock God. You got to see what's going on. Not to mention that a lot of your people in your government are Satanists. Okay, you got to understand that a lot of people in law enforcement, the Ku Klux Klan and Satanists and all kind of things, too. I don't understand why people don't understand why, you know, these people do have jobs. A lot of them do work in high, uh, high, uh, high power positions and so forth. And then they publicly come in and mock you and things. This is what you're warring up against. You got to understand that. Privacy means absence of government. If you're going to come within the United States, let's talk about this next. The United States. The United States Corporation. The United States Corporation is operating in a private jurisdiction. It's called a quasi-public corporation. You need to look that word up. Quasi-public corporation. A quasi-public corporation is a government, it has a government purpose, but it's operating in the private. Call it like a quasi-public corporation. Okay. Now, how are they operating in the private? A lot of people, they don't understand that. They say, well, they're operating illegally and unlawfully. And then I'll come and say, no, they're not. Yusuf, you're a government agent. I just understand the law better than you do. That's all. That's all. That's all it is. All right. In the Constitution, under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, okay, which is the 10-mile square of the jurisdiction of the United States, they have what is called plenary power. You need to understand what that word plenary power means. Okay. What that means is that within their jurisdiction, they are God. They can do what they want to do. A lot of you people have a misconception of the Constitution as well. And you'll understand this also when you study trust law because they're trustees. The Constitution is a trust document. And understanding the powers that are delegated to the trustees. All right. Now. Within that 10-mile square, they are God. Outside that 10-mile square, they are not God. Okay? In the 10-mile, they become a demon, actually, is what they have when they come outside that 10-mile square zone. But they trick people into coming into that 10-mile square zone by using straw man. Okay? They created the straw man, gave you a social security number, and now you're considered a citizen of the United States. You're a United States citizen. United States is located in Washington, D.C., Look under Article 9 of the UCC, I believe it's 102, which says location of the debtor. Okay, well, the location of the debtor, I don't know how long or old this video is that he had posted, but it's it's not that section anymore. The location of a debtor is UCC 9-307. That's what it is right now. See, that's what the thing is, what I don't like about legal policy, which they call law, but it's not law, Okay. 
they call legal policy. I mean, excuse me, legal policies. It can change tomorrow. One day to reserve my rights would be UCC 1-207. And then tomorrow it'll be UCC 1-308 or 307 or something like that. I think it's, no, it's UCC 1-308. But that's what it would to reserve your rights. But all that can change the next day or something. And see, with common law, common law is unwritten law, okay? It, but it's based on common sense. It's a universal understanding. You don't mess with my property, I don't mess with your property. You don't try to harm me, I don't try to harm you. Let's get on with our life. When you cross that line, that's when I have every right to protect my property and protect myself. Okay, so as long as I'm not causing no harm to nobody, I'm not committing no crime, and I'm not doing anything unlawful. But when you deal with legal matters, people complain about, oh, I don't like the color of her hair, or I don't like that she's dating that that guy right there, or you know, these are complaints. You know what I mean? Complaints that that's not really causing them any physical harm. It might be causing them some type of emotional disturbance, but it's not causing them any physical harm. And so when you get cases where they talk about here's a complaint, here's a complaint, a complaint is just someone complaining. It doesn't mean that you cause harm to them. But when somebody filed a claim, they're basically saying you caused them some type of harm. You personally caused them some type of harm. So that's when you say, whoever have a claim against me, won't you step up and let me cross-examine you because I have the right to confront my accuser and let me see what kind of damage did I cause you so I can compensate you for whatever I've done wrong. I'm, I'm more than willing to accept whatever I've done wrong to you, but I need to know what it is that I've done to you that caused you harm. Or, you know, whatever it is that your, your, your claim is supposed to be representing. So when you got a complaint, you don't have that option because, I mean, I don't mean to say you don't have that option. But with a complaint, it, it doesn't consist of you injuring someone physically or taking someone's property physically. It's not it's not it's not raised by the victim mainly. OK, but you say, OK, what if I have a, a complaint? What if I have a civil complaint and my civil complaint is against this person who did all this other stuff? Well, let's look at the capacity that you file in that that claim that that complaint on. OK, you might say, oh, you versus Walmart. You get what I'm saying? So now when you when you operate in that capacity, when you do civil, when you do civil complaints, stuff like that. Now you're operating in a you're not operating in a human a natural human being capacity. You operating in a corporation capacity because a corporation only can have interactions with another corporation. Corporation can't have interaction with a, a natural human being or man or woman. They can't have those type of interactions. But anyway, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and press play so you can hear the rest of what you gotta say. I think it's 102H or something like that. And it's a location of the depth. And it'll tell you the United States is in Washington, D.C. It'll tell you straight up. United States is in Washington, D.C. It's the edition of okay. Columbia. So this United States government is in Washington, D.C. All right. All right. That jurisdiction, they have plenary power over. They can operate outside the Constitution. This is how you have the Federal Reserve. Okay, they formed this corporation and started operating privately. Constitutional law is public law. It has no application in the private. I know you don't want to hear that. 
I know a lot of Moors and everybody else is going to tell me the Constitution is like this all-powerful document. It's not. What is the what is all-powerful? This contract. That's right. That is what's foul. Contract is law. Law is contract. Contract makes the law. That's all right. That's the power. The Constitution is just a limitation on government. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a trust document basically telling what their duties are. Yeah, so if y'all didn't understand that, the Constitution is only designed, is, is, is created to keep them from going outside their power. You know what I mean? It, it keeps, it's supposed to keep them in, in line. So therefore, if they kind of get too big-headed and want to go beyond that, that's what the Constitution is was put in place for to keep them from going across that line. Now, do they do that? Well, no. A lot of times they don't. But a lot of times you don't bring them out of up. Okay, you get what I'm saying? But like he was saying, contract is law. See, when you go in there, because you're dealing with admiralty law right now. We under we under we under admiralty law. You know whether you recognize that or not. And right now, contract is law. And law is contract. Everything you deal with is going to be when you're dealing with another a man or woman. You're you're yeah you're ba you're kind of basing that on a contract with that man or woman. If you because you don't necessarily have to have a written paper to have a contract with that man or woman. You can make a, a verbal contract. You can utter out an agreement with someone. They be understanding. But when you're trying to take that private. To a public, that's when it's going to be a little, it's going, it's going to get kind of confusing or not confusing, but it's, it's going to be, what's the good word for it? It can, it can, it can be very complex because you, you want this, you want the court, the people in the courtroom to believe you when you don't have nothing on a piece of paper to prove what you and this other man or woman agreed upon doing. So, you know, it's kind of be like, okay, well, you know, They'll, they'll just probably dismiss it because it's your word against their word. You get what I'm saying? Because you had a you had a private agreement with this this person, and you don't have no proof of anything. And what jurisdiction they have over certain matters? So they went outside the they can create a corporation. It's well within the power of the legislature to do that. Okay, they did that. They created a corporation, but what they did was they got you to contract to come inside of that jurisdiction and then they monopolized everything in the public and they're using a they they are debtors because somebody they owe somebody some money okay which is the world bank all the world leaders and they placed a central bank in this country called the federal reserve and they everybody's using federal reserve script which is debt paper which is evidences that we're debtors the more and more I, uh, I study this the more I see using federal reserve notes is probably the about the worst thing that you can do. That's right. I understand back when I used to get into this, guys used to hold webinars or seminars, and they you had to pay gold to get in, in into the uh, seminar. They wouldn't take they wouldn't take Federal Reserve notes. Hmm. Okay, but these things are what you have to understand first. The Federal Reserve is a private entity. It is not a governmental entity. Okay, the United States is indebted to the uh, to the uh, to the certificate holders of the Federal Reserve of that trust. Because it's a trust. That's why. Why you think they can't penetrate it? Why you think they can't audit it or anything like that? They can't audit your trust either. You put together a private trust and you learn how to maintain privacy on that. They're not going to be able to penetrate it either. Not your trust that you put together. So why do you think they got? They got professionals who've been doing this thousands of years and everything. No trust law, hundreds of years and everything. They know what they're doing. This is what's going on. Okay, so. When you, what you are doing is when you come inside of the United States, 
you're coming inside the United States. Okay. You are looking for a contract to circulate negotiable instruments within the United States. You are a private citizen. You are a foreigner. You are a stranger. That's right. Coming into another jurisdiction. Y'all all say it all the time. I'm foreign to the United States. I'm without the United States. I'm not in your jurisdiction. Okay, fine. But you want to do business in my jurisdiction, then you need an agreement with me to do business over here in my jurisdiction. If you don't want to do if you don't want to do business in my jurisdiction, then stay out. But if you want to do business within the United States, you need an agreement. We decide, the United States decides on what money gets circulated within the United States. You don't decide that. So you need an agreement with them. The reason I'm saying all this is because I'm trying to enlighten you as to the reason why you have the first step of the secure party process, that package you put together and send off to the government. Okay, it avoids all of these accusations of intent to defraud. Because I watched that case, it was ridiculous. It was malicious prosecution to me. It was a malicious prosecution. That DA know that he intended to defraud anybody. He sent you an instrument with a piece of paper on it. The problem was he put rowdy numbers on it, and that gave them their door. That gave them their door. Let me see what. Yeah, yeah, yeah UCC 9-307, location of the DEPTA. That's right. UCC 9-307, location of the DEPTA. You'll see it in the UCC, location of the DEPTA. Somebody said they missed the beginning. You ain't missed nothing. I was having technical difficulties. <laughs> Let me go into let me go into the chat room right quick and see if I can get some uh, questions and so forth from. Uh, let me see what we got right here. We got any questions or anything like that? Got any questions in chat? I'm gonna take some questions down in the chat room. <coughs> see what we got. I was trying to let y'all in on blog talk so, you know, I can stream through them at the work on it and see what I got. The picture look good, though, don't it, y'all? Well, I'm getting down. My picture look good. It's clean. Nice and nice and spiffy and everything, you know. Y'all can see my shades. Y'all can see my glass. These glasses, these are not shades, y'all. These I had, I had my lenses tinted, and I didn't know it was going to tint that dark, you know. <laughs> I'm like, dang, you know, I was looking at my other video. It looked like I got shades on, you know. Right. But these I got some tinted lenses and everything. It's not that dark. But anyway, uh, let's see what's going on. Mr. Not accepting cash, precious metals and precious stones. Thanks for the info. I'm going to put you in my tax return. You're worth that and a bag of chips. <laughs> All right. When do you start the administrative process? You start the administrative process after you have completed a secure party process. And when uh, you within 70. This is when you start a, an administrative process. Let me give you another rule that I don't think it's spoken of enough. You are supposed to start a, an administrative process 72 hours after receipt of correspondence, because in 72 hours you have a binding contract. So you're always supposed to respond within that 72 hours. OK, there's a thing called latches in equity. OK, and equity does not support anyone who sleeps on their rights. You got to know your rights. And that's not that's something else that's not talked about enough, in my opinion, is because uh, that's a good question. When do you start your administrative process? The rule is within 72 hours after re receipt of any correspondence or uh, after identifying a public obligation that's been, you know, uh, 
you know, tender to you. What do you know about the cease and desist changing your status to non-deceited in the affidavit of life? And I sent them to multiple different agencies. Okay, Terry Cannon, let me just say this for, uh, for instance. Okay, people, ask, when I get questions like that, it's difficult to ask a question about a process somebody else made up. Okay, somebody made up the affidavit of life. I, I'm familiar with it. I am familiar with it and so forth. But let me just say this. All of them follow the same principle. I, I don't, I can look at any process that's out there. There's only a few principles. They all have to follow. I don't get, damn if it's some sort of a ecclesiastical depot. I don't care if it's nationality, secure party, whatever you're talking about. They all have to follow the same process. Giving notice, contracting, and then either some people want to argue, though. I'm not with arguing with the United States. Some people say, I'm not that person, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not in your jurisdiction and everything like that. I prefer to take the route of not arguing uh, because I live in the United States. I drive up and down these streets. I go to the grocery store. I go to the mall. I do things like everybody else does, you know, like everybody else. I'm not trying to be a belligerent or an enemy of the United States. However, I am. Want them to understand that I'm more than confident enough to handle my own commercial affairs because everything in the United States is about commerce. And when you start trying to bring God and nationality or what's called a political question, these are this is what's called a political question. The judiciary doesn't handle political questions. The, the Article three doesn't deal with political questions it's called political question doctrine. Go look it up on YouTube. Doesn't make any sense. Those are those are all political. Let's see. I, I know you would know the difference. What's the difference between HR 1 and 2 and the Golden Repeal Act? I'm not familiar with the Golden Repeal Act, so I can't answer that question. Um, and these are acts, which acts are statutes. Look up the word act in Black's Law Dictionary. An act is going to say see statute. They're promulgated by the legislature. I don't really care what they say. All I'm care the only thing I really care about is HR 1 and 2, that they re repealed money that they took us into a private jurisdiction as a private man, as a private person, really, you don't care about none of the acts. None of them. I don't understand why y'all concerned about acts and y'all saying, well, they don't have jurisdiction over me. I'm foreign to the United States. You make all these statements and then you spend a lot of time studying codes, statutes, rules, and regulations. <laughs> I know, right. You'll know it if you need to get in because it applies to them, but it doesn't have any application to you. doesn't have any application to me. I told a judge this. I told a judge this one time. I was in Henry County on a foreclosure case. I had a white couple uh, that were friends of mine uh, that I was assisting with their uh, foreclosure case. They wanted me to come into court to represent them in court in the case. And I agreed. I went and did it. Even though I knew I was probably going to have some problems. I went into court and they made us go last. And what happened was uh, when I came up and we went up to we went past the bar and sat at the table and everything, they closed the doors to the courthouse and the chief judge came in because I wasn't with the chief judge. The chief judge, you know, is a different judge. He came in and he said, you cannot uh, do this. You can get that judge in trouble. He can go to jail, something like that. I'm not I'm not quoting him verbatim, but he was screaming and they had a lot of other people in there and they had sheriffs in there and all this shit. So the judge on the bench, 
he's frowning at me and he said, get out of my, he said, get out of my courtroom. He said, he, no, he asked me, are you an attorney? And I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, I'm counsel. He said, get out of my courtroom. He said, if you're not an attorney, I said, show me the law that says I have to be an attorney to get in there. He said, get out of my courtroom. I said, you know, I ain't going nowhere. You show me the law. I went back and forth with this judge. Of course, you know, the bailiff started coming over to arrest me. But I was I was going in with this judge. We going back and forth. So the couple, they shocked. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. They looking at they looking around and see like, oh shit, you know, and they're doing like this. So he tapped me on the, he said, please, please, he said, please, Mr. Jones, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta do this. Go on out, just leave. We'll handle it. So I looked down at him. I looked back at the judge. And I, and I walked to the back of the courtroom and to sit down in the back. And then he told me, he said, I don't want you in my courtroom. You get out of my courtroom. So he kicked me out. He wouldn't let me sit in the back. So he kicked me out. All right. So when I go out into the hallway, the chief judge is there. It's the chief judge. He walks out and he said, look, he said, uh, he told me, he said, uh, he said, I know you're a good person. I know you don't mean any ill will. He said, I ever, we've been having a lot of problems with people coming into court without a license to practice law. And so I told him, I said, well, look, I've never seen a license to practice law. Can I see yours? <laughs> of course, he started, first what he did first is just, I guess he started doing like this. And then he said, oh, come up to my office. So he came out, I went up to his office. And he and he he had a sheriff with he had a deputy with him and act like I was gonna do something to him or whatever. But the sheriff escorts me with the judge up to the uh, his chambers, and he takes me into his office and shows me a picture of his law degree. Now, obviously, I know that's not a license, and I, I just looked at it, shook my head, you know, I said, oh, "Okay," and left. Okay, went back downstairs to wait outside on the bench while they were inside with the proceeding they came out they lost obviously they lost they ain't know nothing about court they ain't <laughs> never been in court they they in their life they didn't know anything all right so came out uh no before they came out one of the sheriff deputies came out and he said the judge would like to talk to you he wants you to come back into the court he wants to talk to you so i go back into the courtroom and he said mr jones you asked me for proof of the law that says you have to have a license to practice law in this state. And he gave me, it was the official code of Georgia annotated. He started reading it. I patiently waited for him to read all the code sections. And I'm going to tell you what I told him. I said, that has n absolutely nothing to do with me. I, I said, and you know it now. Do you think he he was do you think he was telling me I'm crazy or nothing? No, he looked at me like he was afraid. See, this is the thing about it. When you have a certain demeanor when you go in court, when you know what you're talking about and they can feel that you know what you're talking about, you're gonna get different responses and different reactions. Sure right. Than the sure right. Person that and I'm a living witness to that. Advice. I'm a living witness to that. I'ma pause it. Those don't have nothing to do with you. I'ma pause it. I'm gonna tell you what happened to me. Okay. When I, I had this 16 and a half years in the federal prison, okay, and on on one of the JNC documents, I had two of them. On one of the JNC documents, it says, upon motion of the United States District Court, 
dismiss the following. No, it, it dismissed the remaining counts herein. So every count that was in that document, that it, it, it basically was saying it was dismissed. Okay. However, I still did seven extra years in prison on counts that was dismissed. So when I get out of prison, they tell me I got to do five year probation. Okay, I'm excited. I have never been in prison before. I've been in the county jail for two weeks and a day, but I ain't never been locked up in prison before. For 16 and a half years, I ain't never been through that. And then I had to do county, I had to do halfway house time. So to technically, I, I did 17 years in their custody. So when I when I get out, I'm excited, you know what I mean. I don't care, you know. I, you know, they were, I, I had intent to sue them when I got out, but I was so excited to get out. I said, "I'm gonna ride with this. I'm so excited. This and that and that and this." So I tried to get a job. I got a job, but you know, it took a long time for me to get the job that I really want. I still ain't got the job that I really want. But anyhow, to make a long story short, I went inside. I I violated because I refused to report because they wouldn't allow me. Or that's I'm using that word loosely, but they was in want to interfere with me going out of the city to get a to, to complete my training on my CDL. So I told them, well, if I don't get paid, you don't get paid. And who are you to tell me my right? My how, who are you to to interfere with my right to travel? You know, that's my human right. And so I ain't talking about no constitution because the constitution didn't apply to me, but I didn't know as much as I know now. I've been studying law for a long time, but I've been studying statutes, codes, and regulations and stuff. Not the common law. I didn't know anything about the common law side. So anyway, I went into the court because the um the man put out someone someone put out a, a warrant out for my arrest. The guy, the magistrate guy um, his name is Austin. He said that he's the one that put out the warrant because he said that I was I had failed to appear in court. And I tell him I ain't never received any court notice or summons or anything like that. And he said, didn't uh, Garza, that was the guy that was supposed to be supervising me. He said, did he not tell you? I said, um, if he told me, I asked him for something else in order to confirm it, and that was never provided to me. And but anyway. The things that I said, because at first they were saying these, because at first the magistrate, the guy, the man, Austin was saying after reading the, the charges against, you know, my property, he was saying that these are some very serious charges. He said, I can appoint uh, you a public defender that I know personally that can represent you and stuff like that. It was two of us. It was me and this other guy. And the other guy was like, he didn't know good English. So he was like, yeah, give me a public defender. So he asked me. I like, no, I don't need no public defender. He said, why you don't want a public defender? I said, because they're a member of the bar and I can, I can take care of my own legal affairs. You know what I mean? So after I said everything I had said, I can tell the whole demeanor changed. So he asked me, he said, what do you want? So the next day, because I was only in there for like a day, you know what I mean? Because they picked me up at night and I was in there that night. And then the next morning I seen him and I was out the next morning. Okay. So anyhow, uh, after that, you know, when I when it was time for me to go, go back and see him, I thought I wouldn't go back in court, but he didn't want me back in his courtroom. So we had a sit down at the uh, the guy that was supervising me, you know, so we went into the guards' office and we had a sit down and we spoke. But guards it was like, man, don't bring this up, don't bring that up, you know, well, let's just keep it casual. Well, all right, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't really just go all in like I wanted to, but I did tell him, look, man, you know, y'all help me, 
Y'all held me in the county jail for 17 months before I finally seen a judge. And then when I finally see a judge, y'all prosecute me. So he was trying to say something. Because I know I, I when it comes to the codes, and I'm, I'm very familiar with it. You know what I mean? But I don't practice it because, you know, it doesn't even apply to me. Like Yusuf said, you know, it doesn't even apply to us. That's, that, don't, that doesn't apply to us. Okay? Because I'm not even within your jurisdiction. I'm, you know, I'm a Texan. You know, I was born on this land in Texas. Not, not I mean, on Texas, on Texas land. So, anyhow, so when I spoke to, when I spoke to him again, we had to sit down in his office and... And I, I told him that, look, y'all had me in county jail for 17 months before I seen the judge. And then y'all hit me. Y'all hit me across the head. You know what I mean? And, and I, that was not what the charges was that y'all came to arrest. More like arrest me for. I used the wrong terminology. Didn't know I should never said arrest. I should have said abducted or trespassed upon. But I said, y'all arrested me. Y'all didn't. Y'all, y'all, I told them y'all arrested me on selling stolen firearms. Yet, after I got threatened, and y'all were telling y'all were going to light my mom, my sister, my brother, and my baby mom up and put my son in a foster care and all this other bullshit, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all, in, they induced me to goddamn me speak up or try to do whatever I can do to protect them. So I said, he said, so he was saying, well, maybe it took so long because you had a co-defendant. I said, well, in the beginning, they were trying to give me a co-defendant, but they prosecuted us separately. I don't have a co-defendant. I have a co-conspirator, but I don't have a co-defendant. And even if I did, guess what? They arrested him two months after they abducted me. Okay, so even if they was going to start the clock after they abducted him, they were still behind. Okay, they it was, it was so many. It was so many errors in the case that it was just crazy. So if you're going to give me some type of remedy, if you don't want to give me, me no remedy on the privacy side, on the common law side, you I'm still entitled for remedy on the legal side because the technicality of you not bringing charges up. I mean, there was never a claim filed on record. No one never filed a claim saying that uh, I caused them harm. Nobody never knew what I did. Only person that knew what I did was the person that I did it with. And nobody knew who that was. So it was me that uh, became a witness against myself. You know what I mean? So it was, it was crazy how it all how, how it all came out, how they played me. But I haven't, you know, I told them, look, I gave Garza, I gave Lord Garza, you know, the position of the trustee. I said, look, man, I'm pointing you as trustee on this matter because I don't know what y'all got going on here. I don't understand this, so I'm going to point you as trustee. So at that point, Garza, the super, the guy that was supervising, the man that was supervising me, as I point him as trustee, I fell back. And I fell back. I said, man, y'all go ahead and do y'all whatever y'all do. You know what I mean? Just make sure, because, you know, I'm operating as the beneficiary. Just make sure I don't get harmed by anything you do. But I'm pointing you as trustee, Garza. So after that, when after they told me to come up there on a particular day, I didn't come up there on the day they wanted me to come. I came late. I came days later when I wanted to come. I told them, I called, hey, I'm on my way up there. They're like, man, you supposed to come. I mean, yeah, I know. But I'm on my way up there right now. So when I when I go up there, you know, she was trying to get the the woman, um, what's that woman named Martha, Martha Davis. She was trying to give me direct orders, and I like no, she wanted me to urine. I already urine for them like twelve times, okay. On the conditions of that they had for my property, it was like two times. That's it. I pissed for them like I ain't gonna say twelve. I'm gonna say probably like seven times. Came clean every time. So when she asked me to piss for them, and at this time I already appointed. 
a guard's ass my trustee. So she asked me, you know, she ordered me to do a piss. I like, no, I'm not doing all that. She told me she need me to sign something. I said, I'm not going to do that either. So she would get frustrated. She said, why don't you just go back to prison and, and come out and have all this over with? I said, I already done my time in prison. All right. I, I did more than my time in prison. So I'm no, no, we're not going to go there. So she was like, well, I'm just going to, she said something about the uh, judge. And I said, okay, so do you got a claim against me? She said, no, I don't have a claim against you. I said, well, you have to. You said you finna go to the judge and tell him about something. So obviously you have a claim against me. You know what I mean? So I don't, even, I didn't even know, I didn't know half the shit that I know now since the last time I spoke to them. But I know so much shit now. So I'm ready. If they if they wanna if they wanna come on down here and if they if they send me a letter, they say, hey look, you got a court hearing on this day and this day, hey, I'm going. Ah, <laughs> I'm not gonna miss that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna show up. You know, and, and whatever it is that they have to say, hey, that's what it is. But I will show up. But I have not since I haven't I haven't spoke to them in since December. But from this day on, now he, now the, the guy guards it, he tried to send me a memorandum, okay, as if it was a summons from a court. And I, and I responded to, it, I said, this is not a, this is not a summons. This is a memorandum. It doesn't even have a court stamp, doesn't have a judge's stamp, or no. I said, no. I said, I don't know what you, you try to pull, but I'm not falling for that. So no, I'm not coming up here on a mem memorandum. Set up me a court date and I'll be there. But that never happened. That never happened. I never got a summons. I never, you know, I was told to come up there, but it wasn't on based on no summons. It was, they just wanted me to come up there. And I already seen the trick before I even took place. So, but um, this is honest true. If I get a letter in the mail right now telling me to come to court to to address the, the legal matter or whatever that's that's taking place, I will be up there. Oh yeah, no doubt. I will be there. I'm I'm not running from every time a police man or a woman or man in a uniform came to my job to do whatever type of matter that they was doing and I seen them outside, I didn't run. I didn't go to my room and hide. I went straight to them and asked them what's going on. Can I help you with something? You know what I mean? It wasn't no running. You can never say, oh, he's tried to evade arrest. Evade arrest? No, it ain't no arrest here. You don't even have a claim against me. Abduction? I should be running from that, but no. Do what you want to do. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be belligerent or anything like that. Do what you got to do, but you just make sure that you do it in, in, in the lawful manner. Because if not, I'm gonna have my claim against you. Okay. So no, I don't. You know, but I went off on a tangent. But yeah, I just wanted to share my experience with y'all with me in court in the federal courtroom with a, a magistrate judge by the name Austin. Is my point. Those statutes, codes, rules, and regulations don't have shit to do with you. That's and at right. the end of the day, that's just it. You're supposed to be creating contracts. As long as your contracts don't violate public policy or infringe on the rights of the public in any kind of way, you can contract. You have the capacity to contract unlimited. Already. Private people contract. Contract law is private law. Already. And contract disputes are resolved in equity courts. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Do we need to get more, more complicated than that? Nope. So I'm going to close right now because um, it's going to be a lot of noise coming here in a few seconds. So that's Keechis, that mean me, Keechis and Q Danello Bay, and I'm out. <laughs>